What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange, our final day here in Texas. We are pre-recording this for you guys. We check out in about an hour, and we are going to break down week two of waivers. There was a ton of stuff that happened on week one of fantasy football, a lot of running backs, a lot of wide receivers to talk about. In this video, we're going to break down all the relevant running backs and wide receivers. And then if you guys are unaware, we're going to be breaking down streamers. So the quarterback, tight end, and defensive positions later in the day, you guys will be seeing Danny do that solo around, you know, three, four o'clock Eastern. But like I said, we're going to break down all the relevant running back and wide receiver usage to, to help you guys figure out which guys you should be spending your fab on, which you should be letting maybe your league mates pick up, whatever the case is. Uh, and we'll break all that down in the you know video today. Yep, for sure. And uh, as we know, every fantasy season, the most taxing part of every single week, the most you know rigorous part of every single week is setting those waiver wire claims, you know, prioritizing some of those pickups. We wouldn't have experienced that, of course, all offseason, especially in best ball season. But uh, obviously, with your managed lineups, you're going to have to make those claims. You're going to have to know how much fab you should spend on certain players. And as we know, every single week we see players emerge. Who are the fool's gold? Who are the real winners down the stretch for this year? So, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to roll. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. So before we get into it, we would be remiss if we didn't once again thank Underdog Fantasy for letting us come out to the game. Obviously, Danny didn't have as good of a time as I had, yeah. given what the outcome of the Cowboys game and Prescott being out for a couple of weeks now. Um, and then we'll obviously break that down with when it comes to the quarterback position on the waiver wire. But again, if you guys want to support us, we really appreciate Underdog for doing this. So we, we would be remiss if we didn't say once again, if you haven't signed up on Underdog Fantasy, promo code FSE is 100% back on whatever you put in. So if you put in 10 bucks, you get $20 to play on the site with they have pickums that you can run which are super fun they now have pickum insurance so if you want to do a five pick slate and you only need to get four of them right to get two and a half x your money and you get six x your money if you get all of them right they have a ton of stuff like that they also have you know uh, battle royale drafts and dfs contests as well so again make sure to check that out and as a thank you for using our promo code you also get our weekly rankings for free our dynasty rankings for free and we will be updating our dynasty rankings probably on a you know, bi-weekly, monthly basis or so throughout the season as we go along. So again, check that out if you guys haven't already done so, but let's get right into it. The first, we're going to start with the running back position. We're going to start with the what we believe is the number one running back pickup on the week, break down the major guys, and then we'll go through some honorable mentions and guys that maybe we're not interested in uh, throughout the rest of the running back position. So before we get into the first guy, guys that are probably rostered, but make sure to check your waiver wire if you're in a more shallow league or, you know, for whatever reason, they just slipped under the radar and nobody picked them up. Daryl Henderson, James Robinson, and Michael Carter. All these guys had major roles in their backfields. In some cases, Daryl Henderson and Michael Carter were basically the full-time starters in their backfields yep. for week one. And they're all like 70 plus percent owned. So they're probably owned in your league. But if they are not, make sure to check them out. Yeah, they're priority, uh, priority waivers this week, of course. Should be owned in your league. But if they're not, you got to go get them. Obviously, with Daryl Henderson, completely outworked Cam Akers on the Thursday night game, 18-3, to I believe, was the opportunity split there. James Robinson, we saw him come back, look good after that Achilles injury. And with Michael Carter, he was working ahead of rookie running back Brees Hall. But enough on those guys. They're probably owned, but if they're not, go get them. 
the number one waiver claim that should be available in your league is going to be Jeff Wilson at the running back position, obviously of the San Francisco 49ers. The biggest news base of that game is Elijah Mitchell went down with an MCL sprain. He's expected to be out for the next two to four weeks. And we saw Jeff Wilson command 29 of the 38 second half snaps for the San Francisco 49ers. So we expect him to be the starter and we expect him to be that guy that you want in a vacuum out of this backfield. The presence of Debo Samuel, Trey Lance, obviously taking some carries, not to mention maybe Jordan Mason gets worked in a little bit there could limit the ceiling of Jeff Wilson, but for getting, you know, 15, 18 opportunities per game, potentially of a San Francisco 49er situation, that's a back we want to target in terms of fab. You know, you probably should be able to get him for about 10% of your fab. I think should be. Yeah. I yeah. mean, some people are going to go crazy in your league and drop 50% of their fab on Jeff Wilson. I, just let them, you know, let them waste their fab. I, I probably wouldn't be willing to give yeah. up. Like we said, kind of 10 to 15% because the, the ceiling projection for Jeff Wilson until Elijah Mitchell gets back, is like a touchdown or bust back end RB2 because, like we said, Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, even Kyle Juszczyk get involvement yeah. in this backfield. So uh, not a, a particularly exciting waiver week this week. Sometimes week one brings, you know, Elijah Mitchell last year or some, you know, crazy, crazy waiver wire ads. But we think Jeff Wilson is probably the best guy to go after as it currently stands. Let's get into the second uh, pick at the running back position, which is Rex Burkhead, who's currently rostered in about 17% of leagues right now. If you're running a zero RB, a hero RB, and you're looking for immediate, you know, back end RB2 production for the short term, and you're going to, you know, continue to grind waivers and probably get some more long-term plays later on. I think Rex Burkhead is probably the best short-term guy because what we saw in week one is not what we expected to see. We expected to see Damian Pierce come out, dominate the snaps. I had him as a top twi uh, 25 running back on Same. the week and Rex Burkhead dominated the snaps 71% despite the Texans playing with a lead, which we expected you know, if they're going to use a running back on, you know, the early downs, it would be Damian Pierce. But Rex Burkhead, at, not only on the third downs and on the early downs, was the main guy. 51% of the attempts, 67% of the route participation, 19% of the team's targets. We don't know if this is going to keep up, right? Because we all expect eventually Damian Pierce will be the lead back of this backfield. But if you're looking for short-term, you know, waiver production at the running back position, which most people that run zero RBs are, I would say that Rex Burkhead is probably the best guy to go after. Yeah, because I mean, in terms of archetype, he doesn't really have a full season of, you know, value or potential ceiling because we do expect at some point, whether it's week four, week five, whenever that Damian Pierce should take a hold of this backfield. But for the time being, as Corey said, if you need running back production, especially, you know, you punt a running back, you're in a zero RB, maybe you got a core looking like James Cook, Daryl Henderson, you know, Tony Pollard and, Maybe you want a running back two, running back one to fill in for the next couple of weeks. I think Rex Burkhead, given what he showed in week one, given that opportunity share he commanded in week one, should be a sneaky option to you know give you top 24 level production for the next few weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of fab, again, I'm probably not. We're, we're overall, just as a general theme at the running back Don't position, we're probably not spending up a much this week. So if you can get any of these guys that we're going to talk about for like 10% or less, I would say that's probably where you're at. So if you're in a $100 fab league, I would say don't spend more than 10 to 15% on these first two guys, Jeff Wilson and Rex Burkhead. Let's move on to the next guy who I think probably consensus-wise is going to be the highest rated uh, you know, waiver pickup, but we're a little bit lower on him. And uh, it's Jalen Warren from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, if you guys were unaware, Najee Harris suffered a high ankle sprain, which we've seen derail the seasons of plenty of running backs, which is why I think a lot of people are going to be high on Jalen Warren. But it is usually a two- to four-week injury. And for me, I think, is Jalen Warren going to be effective 
in a backfield that we were already concerned about Najee Harris's effectiveness. I don't think it's going to be a particularly explosive offense. I think the line's going to be a problem for Jalen Warren. Personally, I'm probably going to let my league mates blow a crap ton of fab on Jalen Warren. I think his, he's going to go for you know 30 to 50% in some leagues. Yeah. I'm, I'm only willing to put like 10% down on Jalen Warren. And that probably means I'm not going to get him, but I, that's the max I'm willing to spend. Yeah, like even 10% uh, seems high. I mean, the next couple of weeks for the Steelers shouldn't realistically give a, a ton of leeway in terms of potential matchup opportunity for Jalen Warren. Yeah, maybe you're looking at an opportunity-based uh, player there since he got all the opportunity once Najee went out. But are we realistically trusting, like, you know, 70% of Najee's workload when we were already concerned about that situation for Najee? Yeah, and we, we don't know, too. They could always mix in Benny Snell. Exactly. They can mix in Anthony McFarland. We really don't know how they're going to use him. Just because it was reported that Jalen Warren was the primary backup, that doesn't mean he's necessarily a full-fledged 100% of the workload handcuff. Najee Harris, I mean, is is a little bit more unique in the fact that he's a big guy. He can handle a big workload. Jalen Warren isn't you know the same quite uh, the size profile that Najee Harris is, and I think they're going to use Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland to some degree. So I'm probably going to let my league mates fall for Jalen Warren, spend up all their fab, and, and save mine for a later point in time. A guy that I am interested in um, is Isaiah Pacheco, who's 39% owned. So he's a little bit more owned than uh, what Jalen Warren was at 7%. At first glance, I think you could probably make the case that he could be the best waiver wire out of any of these running backs because he led the Chiefs in carries. He led the Chiefs in yards and he had the only rushing touchdown on the team. But the problem with Isaiah Pacheco is that a lot of that stuff happened while the game was out of hand. I think the score was already like 37 to seven or something like that. Yeah. Once Isaiah Pacheco started to take over that workload and we saw, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire be more involved. We saw, you know, some of the other guys, Jarek McKinnon more involved. And even though Ronald Jones was inactive, Isaiah Pacheco wasn't really running one of the top two running back slots. So I think he's a good stash because this is obviously a great offense. If any injuries happen to anybody ahead of him, maybe he just plays his way into a bigger role because he's a rookie running back and he can get better throughout the season. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow my fab on him either. He to me seems like a guy that one of your league mates is going to spend up a ton on this week. So whether that's, you know, 25%, 30%, maybe even more, they're going to spend up a ton because they're going to see that he led the chiefs, as you said, in carries targets, yards, et cetera, had a rushing touchdown. But this seems like a player that, you know, by week three, week four, maybe that le same league may might drop him. At that point, if you can get him cheaper later on, I want to stash him because he's a rookie running back. From an upside profile standpoint, you want to target young running backs in good situations. That's exactly what Isaiah Pacheco represents. If he proves throughout the season that he could be a more effective between the tackles runner than CEH has been, not to mention get that autonomy on the goal line potentially later on in the year, he could be a player that, you know, by week seven, week eight, is starting to get that you know good work early in the game. But as we saw this week, in terms of actual usage, he got all of his work once the Chiefs went up big. So I don't necessarily believe that's projectable for the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. So um, last guy that I think is relevant is Dontrell Hilliard, 19% yep. owned right now. But how often is a pass catching back in a score two receiving <laughs> touchdowns? Yeah. Probably not very often. It looks like he's the primary backup to Derrick Henry. Looks like he might have, you know, at the high, high end of things, like a J.D. McKissick, Naeem Hines type of appeal for people who are running zero RB type of guys, but nothing more than three to 5% of your fab. If that, I would say you don't even have to spend probably anything on him in most leagues. So uh, maybe a guy that you want to fill out your bench with, but not somebody super, super exciting. And then a couple guys that we know are mainly handcuffs, Khalil Herbert, Kenny Gainwell, Jamal Williams are probably, they're all under 30% owned right now. And they all kind of showcase their roles to varying degrees. Kenny, uh, we saw Kenny Gainwell get a goal line yep. touch. We saw him you know, get some receiving work. Khalil Herbert got a lot more work than he saw last year when David Montgomery was on the field. And Jamal Williams um, obviously vultured a couple touchdowns yeah. away from DeAndre Swift. So all these guys are good, you know, bench pieces to have because we know in the event of an injury, 
they're probably going to be pretty valuable, but I wouldn't expect them all to have like huge, huge games every single week like they did this week. And then we kind of touched on at the beginning of the video too with uh, Jordan Mason and Tyrion Davis-Price, the other two 49ers running backs, they should be rostered if you have space. I don't think you want to put them in your lineup necessarily, Mm -hmm. but we don't really know exactly how the split's going to work out without Elijah Mitchell there. So they're probably good to get ahead of the curve because if we come out next week and, you know, TDP is the lead running back for the 49ers, then he's going to be a huge waiver pickup. And if you already have them on your roster, then you yep. didn't have to spend any fab on them. So don't spend any fab on those guys. But if you if you want to stash them on your bench, they make sense. So the guys that we are a little bit more interested in this week is the wide receiver position because yep. I think the running back position there were there's there's some fine you know pieces there, but nothing crazy, especially relative to fab. I mean, I feel like a lot of those guys are going to go for more fab than I'm willing to spend. So instead, I'd rather you know save fab and get better players, in my opinion, at the wide receiver position this week. A couple guys that we want to mention first that should be rostered in your league, but if they're not rostered, if they're available, make sure you go pick them up. Julio Jones, obviously with the news that Chris Godwin re-injured his knee and Mike Evans returned to the game, but he was dealing with some nagging issues. So we'll see if that actually materializes throughout the week. But either way, as long as Chris Godwin's out, like Julio Jones showed that he was the third receiver in the pecking order ahead of Russell Gage this week against the Dallas Cowboys. We saw him catch that big touch or that big bomb down the field, three for 69 stat line. We do expect that given the rotation now that Chris Godwin is out, if he can profile as the number two target and what we expect to be a top five level offense in the league, yeah, Julio Jones is going to have value. He's an older player, but if he's available in your league, I'm absolutely stashing him, especially uh, given that connection that we saw with Tom Brady in week one. Another one is Jarvis Landry. He just stepped in right away. First game as a new owned Saint, led them in targets, put up seven catches, 114 yards. And this looks to be the type of offense that can support all three of those top receivers between him, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave. So I definitely want to get access to Jarvis Landry. I feel like he can have, you know, a 7-11 to type target role on a week-to-week basis for that New Orleans Saints offense. Yeah, it should be interesting knowing that uh, that Michael Thomas was coming off of like a hamstring yep. injury. So maybe Jarvis Landry was a little bit more involved than he will be the rest of the season. But I think nonetheless, probably a guy you should be rostering if he's out there and you could probably use in a pinch if you have an injury or something like that. So uh, we think the two biggest, you know, waiver ads at the wide receiver position are both on the same team yes. uh, with Curtis Samuel at 12% ownership and Jahan Dotson, more importantly, at 55% ownership. I mean, you guys know we were very high on Jahan Dotson. He ran a route on 40 of Washington's 45 passing plays this past week. So he was heavily involved. We knew that when we watched the preseason, we broke down the usage in there. He also looked great, right? On He had two red zone targets, two end zone targets, cashed in on both of them. Both were great, you know, touchdowns that he scored as well. And we know that, and I broke this down in the, because Jahan Dotson was my number one sleeper. Washington is a pass first offense. We think that they're run first because their defense was supposed to be good and they have Gibson and all this stuff, but they, they threw the ball 41 times, Carson Wentz. They threw the ball at a top 12 rate last year with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. I think they can support guys outside of Terry McLaurin and probably multiple guys outside of Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw at the pace of play that we saw from Washington in week one, that overall passing volume looks like the type of offense that can support multiple factors in it. Not to mention, we talked about Jahan Dotson, obviously a rookie wide receiver showed well in his first game. That is the exact profile you want for a potential breakout across the season. We did see Curtis Samuel. He finally looked healthy and he finally performed like he was healthy. He commanded 10 targets and 14 total opportunities in that game. If you combine those four rushing attempts he had and yeah, I just want players that look good attached to the offense that I think can support multiple options. Again, can you trust each player on this offense to perform on a week-to-week basis? No, there's going to be some weeks where one of them probably disappoints. But as a whole, on an offense that I think can support multiple weapons 
throughout the season, given the volume that I've seen, I want stashes on Curtis Samuel and especially on Jahan Dotson. So they are the two top waiver wire pickups at the wide receiver position in terms of fab. I mean, Jahan Dotson, I'm willing to spell more, uh, spend more given his archetype. So maybe you want to spend, you know, what? 20%. 20%. I was going to say, yeah. And Curtis Samuel, you might be able to get for like 10% because he might go under the radar. Yeah, yeah. It's stashing rookie wide receivers is always a good idea. I might be willing to do more than that for Jahan Dotson if he's available. Yeah. He's 55% owned, so there's a good chance he's owned in your league. But if he's available, I'm I'm cool going 20 to 25% on him because he looks great. He's out there the most out of any rookie wide receiver. He ran the most routes, you yeah. know, scored two touchdowns. He had the uh, red zone rookie performance of the day from Scott Hansen. So I, I think he's a guy that could be really good this year. Josh Palmer is another guy that um, if you guys are unaware, Keenan Allen suffered a hamstring injury in the game. So that is the main appeal of Josh Palmer is that Keenan Allen could be out. For a couple of weeks, we don't exactly know the extent or the severity of Keenan Allen's injury, but um, DeAndre Carter and him were kind of splitting routes and Carter ran 14 of the 34 Chargers routes and Palmer ran 26 of the 34. And of course, we saw during the preseason that Palmer was the primary number three in this offense. Mike Williams is not a target hog wide receiver. No. So if Keenan Allen is out, there's a legitimate opportunity for Palmer to, to command the, you know, the alpha target share type of role. Obviously, Mike Williams will still do be the primary red zone and big play threat. But I think Palmer could actually command quite a bit of targets if Keenan's out. Yep. No, I would agree with that. Josh Palmer, very good pickup this week. Another really good pickup that we saw from this week materialized was Robbie Henderson of the Carolina Panthers. We saw that he commanded eight of the team's total 27 pass attempts. So eight targets, 27 pass attempts. We also saw that he ran 35 of the possible 35 routes on this team, showing that him and DJ Moore have the clear cut top two wide receiver rules on this entire offense. If they're getting the snaps, if they're getting that route participation up, we did see that Robbie Anderson also has that big play potential, that 75-yard touchdown. While it's not going to happen every week, we know it's going to happen at least a few times this season. I think Robbie Anderson, especially in deeper leagues, can suffice as a wide receiver four or five, you know, second flex type of role for the time being. Yeah, and like in my league, for example, it's a three wide receiver, two flex yeah. league. Having a guy like Robbie Anderson on your bench in case of injury, in case of bye weeks or whatever is not terrible. Good because you can, you can throw him into your lineup. He had like 100 targets last year. He was yeah. still commanding targets even as bad as he was with Sam Darnold last year. So yeah, Robbie Anderson, if he can play a little bit better. I mean, this was a guy that was like a top 25, top 30 wide receiver, had 1,000 yards two years ago with, yeah. with Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, I definitely think he is probably one of my favorite um, wide receiver ads at the position as well. Donovan Peoples-Jones, we also have listed here he's like sub 10 percent owned the offense did not look great um donovan people's jones though did run the most routes of anybody on the team including amari cooper and he led the team in targets including amari cooper with 11 uh he's clearly the the number two outside wide receiver and two wide receiver sets uh you guys know that we're not very high on amari cooper's yeah. target earning ability and inconsistencies and stuff and i mean jacoby Brissett's number one wide receiver isn't the most ringing endorsement or number two wide receiver if you want to be a little bit higher on Cooper, but uh, I do think Donovan Peoples-Jones has big play upside, has, is a guy that maybe, you know, similar to Robbie Anderson could be a guy that you use, you know, in, in bi-week situations and in injury situations. Some people, maybe they lost Chris Godwin or Keenan Allen. This could be a guy that could potentially fill into your like second flex spot or something like that. Yeah, not to mention as high as we are in David Bell, it seems like more so a long-term play for this season. He didn't really got a ton of usage in week one. So we do expect that Donovan Peoples-Jones, like you said, to operate that wide receiver two role opposite of Amari Cooper. Next player we're going to be talking about is Christian Watson, wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers, currently owning about 18% of leagues. And we did see in week one, yes, Alan Lazard was out, but Christian Watson actually was second on the Packers in total routes run. And the rookie second round pick showed that he can win deep. Yes, we did see, obviously, if you guys watched last or yesterday's game slate, he did drop that big touchdown pass down the field. But the fact that he got open deep and got the target 
is more important to me than the end result. Obviously, of course, if he comes down with that 75-yard touchdown, he's probably the number one waiver across the board for a lot of these, uh, a lot of your leagues. But the fact that he didn't catch that touchdown, you could probably get him more so in the 5% of your wa- waiver budget area rather than you know spending 30%, which might have been the case if he had a 20-point outing with Aaron Rodgers throwing on the rocks for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm with all these guys, with Robbie Anderson and Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'm more so in like the 5 5% range, but I think I'd be willing to spend up to 10% of my budget on Christian yep. Watson, knowing that he's a rookie wide receiver, knowing that, I mean, they're going to have to figure something out on offense. They did not look good. And if Christian Watson can get some reps under his belt, because remember, like he missed all of training camp, right? Yeah. Like he was not out there. The fact that he was, like you said, second on the team in routes run was encouraging enough to see that. Also that he you know, potentially could have had a huge play that could have made him a huge waiver target. He needs to be a stash on your roster. If you guys have a you know, a bench spot held for a second quarterback and you already have an elite quarterback, just drop, you know, your, second tight end. your Trevor yeah. Lawrence that's on your bench for Christian Watson and just hold him on your hold him on your bench for a while because he could definitely turn into one of the biggest waiver pickups in the next couple of weeks if he makes a big play or something. Yep, I agree. Uh, the honorable mentions of the wide receiver position are going to be Kyle Phillips of the Tennessee Titans. We did see out of the 33 total passing attempts from T- Ryan Tannehill, he did command nine targets and we did see a six for 66 line. He looks to have locked down this slot receiver role of the Tennessee Titans and we did see that he was the main target for Ryan Tannehill in week one. I do expect for the rest of the season that Traylon Brooks will develop into that guy. Didn't really have that role week one, but we did see when he was on the field, he looked to be the most explosive of the Titans wide receivers. But especially in PPR leagues, if Kyle Phillips can, you know, give you a Hunter Renfro type of impact for the next few weeks, I think that could be very valuable for you. Yeah, he's not a bad one. Zay Jones um, had a lot of targets for the Jaguars as well. Christian Kirk's clearly the guy you want after the showing that we saw yep. he had, you know, double digit targets or whatever. But I think Zay Jones will probably work ahead of Marvin Jones for the most part, uh, as far as like the second target of that team. And then Devin Duvernay, uh, another guy that I'm probably going to let my league mates <laughs> chase because he scored two touchdowns. This offense, you know, isn't very pass heavy. Obviously, we saw uh, Rashad Bateman catch a long touchdown as well. But uh, Devin Duvernay only ran like 50 percent of the routes for the team. I think it was more so, you know, happenstance luck that he got into the end zone twice. Uh, yeah. Hook him horns, Devin Duvernay. I love you. But I don't think he's probably going to be a guy that is, makes a huge, huge impact long term. So if people are going to spend up on their waiver wire on Devin Duvernay, just let him do it. And then finally, we're going to talk streamers typically in the streamers video. But we think there's a guy on waiver wire like at quarterback that could actually turn into something. We kind of already yeah. talked about him with his receivers, but. Carson Wentz has a chance to become more than just a streaming quarterback because the two reasons are number one, I think people are looking for quarterbacks because they might have lost Dak Prescott, who's going to be out for a number of weeks. And if you get, you know, if you're looking for a quarterback, I think Carson Wentz should be the guy that you're going after. And I and you both, we have Dak Prescott in leagues and I'm going to be targeting Carson Wentz for sure. And number two, the talent around him looked pretty good, right? We had Dotson look well. Uh, we had, you know, Curtis Samuel, of course, Terry McLaurin had a long touchdown. Even Logan Thomas was back on the field. Even Gibson was, Gib- using yeah, the Gibson game, was yeah. getting used in the, in the back, out of the backfield. JD McKissick, we know can be used that way. So if you want to, if you want to spend up five, 10, maybe 15% at the most for Carson Wentz, I'm totally cool doing that. But uh, as far as the rest of the quarterbacks and tight ends, we'll talk about that in the streamers video, but we just wanted to touch on Carson Wentz because we think he actually has a chance, a legitimate shot to become more than just a streaming option on a weekly basis. He could be like, you know, a regular top 15 type of quarterback or something, because like we, we kind of already touched on Washington did throw the ball quite a bit last year. They threw a lot in week one. And even though it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, we want to take that with a grain of salt a little bit. They looked pretty good on offense as well. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, saying that as a Cowboys fan, I'm losing Dak. Uh, the fact that uh, the number one quarterback that I'm looking to replace Dak is is an interdivisional rival should tell you that 
the outlook of Washington and the outlook of Carson Wentz is promising based off what I saw from week one. So uh, in terms of, you know, potential players that might have been dropped in your league that you should be keeping an eye on, James Cook. I mean, I kind of talked about it if you guys were watching our streams, but basically people are so focused on the fact that James Cook was working after Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. The main takeaway you should be taking is that we saw that there was a potential wor- uh, a role for James Cook if he's able to develop into it. Obviously, we know f- from a situational standpoint, team to team, we can't necessarily predict when the rookie running back is going to be able to fully fledge into their role. But at least we saw that the role is available for James Cook once he does. Zach Moss, we know what his talent level is at this point. He's not a good player. He's not explosive. He's not a great receiver out of the backfield. But he did command six targets. James Cook was brought into this team in the second round to play that ancillary receiving role for the Buffalo Bills for Josh Allen. Once James Cook is ready to assume that role, he can be a J.D. McKissick plus given the ceiling we could see with the Buffalo Bills offense. So definitely someone I'm targeting could be dropped because he didn't get touches, but I'm actually taking more positive than negative from that situation. Yeah, and this this goes probably, if you're watching this on Wednesday or something, like check your waiver wires for when people are making their waiver claims. They're going to drop guys like James Cook. They might drop guys like Rondell Moore as well who didn't play this week dealing with an injury. Um, the Cardinals need some kind of spark after that fucking putrid yeah. performance that they put out. So uh, Rondell Moore might be available on your waiver wire as well. Any other rookie wide receivers kind yeah. of good are good stashes. Same goes for rookie running backs as well. Tyler yeah. Algier probably dropped in some leagues after being inactive. Same goes for Tyrion Davis-Price, who I talked about already. And Tyler Algier, also another you know honorable mention type of running back because Damian Williams got a rib injury in that game. And Cordero Patterson assumed the full running back workload, but we don't necessarily know if they're going to give him 20 plus carries every single no. week. They might've wanted Damian Williams to work in for 15 carries, but because he got injured, they're like, okay, we have, you know, we'll get out of this game. We, we can use CPAT for the rest of this game, but we don't want to give him as many touches maybe as he got in that game against New Orleans and Algier might be active and, you know, taking carries as soon as next week. So he's another guy that I like as well. But again, if you guys made it to this point in the video, if you reach the end of it, leave a like, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel if you are new. As I mentioned, if you guys have not checked out Underdog Fantasy yet, we really appreciate any and all support that you guys can provide us through them. And uh, using promo code FSE is how you do that. So if you haven't checked it out, you want to get some pickums going. They're super fun. They're super easy. It's the easiest way to play fantasy football. There's no salary caps. You just, if you think some guy's going to have a great fantasy day, you can bet the higher or lower on his fantasy points, right? And that that makes it super fun. It's half PPR scoring. And there's a ton of uh, cool ways that you can win over on Underdog Fantasy. Like I said, there's battle royales that you can do. There's DFS contests. And uh, promo code FSE will get you 100% on whatever you put in. So if you want to put in 20 bucks, you'll have $40 on the site to play with. And again, as a free gift, you'll get our weekly rankings for the rest of the season. So you never have to come into a start set live stream for us again. You can just go to our weekly rankings and that'll answer your questions if you want that. And also you'll get our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto as a free gift on top of that. So if that interests you, check out the link in the pinned comment down below. Check out the links in the description. Establish the run, promo code FSE, 10% off of all their packages. If you guys are DFS players, if you guys do player props, they have some of the best and most well-researched analysts in the industry doing stuff for that. Yeah, between Adam Levitan, Evan Silva, and Michael Leone, they will have you ready to roll for your DFS slates. Promo code FSC, of course, gets you 10% off of any single package they have to offer, whether that's their DFS, season long, you name it, 10% off promo code FSC. So I so appreciate Establish the Run for supporting the channel. Yeah, for sure. So that being said, guys, uh, waiver wire videos in the future won't be quite as long, but because yeah. we're in person, because it's week one, we figured make this one a little bit longer. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.